Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people. But before we get started with today's program, you can learn more about us, our free events, how to donate, the podcast, and much more when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's part five of Pastor Michael's study in Revelation 21, called The New Heaven and New Earth. You heard of the story about the, I think it's the the husband and wife, and they both die, and they had some issues before, you know, they they both came to their demise, and the wife comes to the desk, and uh, Peter's there, and he says, you just need to spell one word to get into heaven. And she says, what is it? And he says, love. And she says, L-O-V-E. And he says, you're in. Oh, wait a minute. I need a favor. Can you sit at this desk? I got to do a couple errands. I'll be back in a little bit. Just, just take over, kind of do what I did. And so all of a sudden, her ex-husband pops up at the pearly gates. And she said, oh, wow, shocking to see you. Uh, I just have one question for you. You just have to spell one word and you can get into heaven. He says, what is it? She says, Czechoslovakia. (laughs) Anyway, Isaiah 60, verse 11. And and your gates will be open continually, 60, 11. They will not be closed day or night so that men may may bring to you the wealth of the nations with their kings led in procession. For the nations and the kingdom which will not serve you will perish, and the nations will utterly be ruined. The glory of Lebanon will come to you, the juniper, the box tree, and the cypress together to beautify the place of my sanctuary, and I shall make the place of my feet glorious. And the sons of those who afflicted you will come bowing to you, and all those who despise you will bow themselves at the soles of your feet, and they will call you, they will call you, note it, the city of the Lord, the Zion of the Holy One of Israel. This new place is coming down, Revelation back there to 21, from God. It's been prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. It's, there's been a lot of care, a lot of preparation, a lot of detail as a bride gets ready for her wedding day. And the descriptors of the city are quite incredible. In verse 11, John breaks into some of the descriptions. The city has the glory of God. That's the main attraction of the city. It has the glory of God. Her brilliance was like a very costly stone, a stone of crystal clear jasper. So as I mentioned, Babylon's gold and silver perishes, but this city remains stone of crystal clear jasper. The best way to describe this is that John is likening what he sees to the brilliance of a diamond. This description was used earlier to describe the glory of God, and it is used here because the city's brilliance comes from God himself. The city sparkles with the glory of God. If you remember back to Revelation 4 and 5, when John was telling us about the throne room of God and the one seated on the throne, He began to explain the shining, the flashing facets of the glory of God. And he compared them to refracted colors. And he talked about an emerald around the throne and so forth. It would appear that we will get a brilliant light show every day in the New Jerusalem. And we're going to read later that there's no reason for the sun or the moon or light to be there. For the Lord God is its light. 
I want you to think about this comparison between Eden and the holy place or the holy of holies. Because in the holy of holies, there was no light. Outside of the curtain in the holy place was the menorah, the seven-branch candlestand that was kept lit perpetually. But inside the curtain, and by the way, that curtain was very thick, was there any light in there? There wasn't because the Lord God is its light. There's no need for light in there because when the Shekinah glory of God comes down, that's about as bright as you're ever going to get. You don't walk outside on a sunny day and turn your flashlight on, do you? Let me see if I can see, find my keys for the 17th time. You don't need a flashlight because the sun is already doing the job. And in the New Jerusalem, if you want a good suntan, you just get a little closer to the Lord. That's how it works. That's just, I'm just kidding. You won't need one. You'll be in a perfect body. <laughs> Sorry. That wasn't in the notes, and I'm sure you can tell. Anyway, it had, the city had a great and high wall. You're going to see 12 many times with 12 gates, and the gates at the gates were 12 angels. Names were written on them, which are of the 12 tribes of the sons of Israel. 12, 12, 12. Now, we're going to read about the 12 apostles of the Lamb in a second. And 12 is a very significant number. 12 tribes of Israel, 12 apostles. What do you think it could mean? It could speak of wholeness. It could speak of the complete people of God. Um, kind of interesting just to think about. But there are these 12 gates, and there are 12 angels there. The angels are guarding the gates, if you will. And what's interesting is that we did see cherubim, angels, with a flaming sword in Genesis 3.24, and they guard the entrance or access to the tree of life. The tree of life is in the New Jerusalem, but now angels are allowing access to those who are part of the kingdom. And so in this case, it would appear that they guard the gates. Zechariah 2.5 says, I declare, I declares the Lord will be a wall of fire around her. I will be the glory in her midst. Great and high wall, 12 gates. Each of the gates has the names written on them, the 12 tribes of Israel. This is a reminder that God does not give up on the nation of Israel. Why would the names of the tribes be there if they've been replaced by the church. No, God is faithful to his promises that he made to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. All his promises are yes and amen. He will finish what he started. There were three gates on the east, 13, three gates on the north, three gates on the south, and three gates on the west. That arrangement is reminiscent of the way the 12 tribes camped around the tabernacle in Numbers chapter 2, and of the allotment of tribal lands recorded in Ezekiel 48. The wall of the city had 12 foundation stones, and on them were the 12 names of the apostles of the Lamb. The 12 names of the tribes of Israel are there, and the 12 names of the apostles of the Lamb are there. And some of you who want extra credit tonight are saying, who's the 12th apostle? Huh? Weren't even thinking of it, were you? Is it Matthias? <laughs> Is it Paul? Anyway, 
We'll find out whose name's there. They're the 12 apostles of the Lamb. And upon the teaching of the apostles and prophets, we have the church. Jesus Christ is the chief cornerstone. One writer says, at the top of each gate was the name of one of the tribes of Israel. At the bottom of each gate was one of the names of one of the apostles. Thus, the layout of the city's gates pictures God's favor on all his redeemed people, both those under the old covenant and those under the new covenant. They will be there. The 12 tribes of Israel, their names are there. The 12 apostles, and we know that they had their foibles and they had their weaknesses, but they don't get in because they were such great people. Although they were mightily used by God, you get in because you're a bride of the lamb. Amen. That's how you end up there. And so Jesus made promises that they were going to sit on 12 thrones on that day. The one who spoke with me had a gold measuring rod to measure the city and its gates and its wall. In Ezekiel 40, verse 3, if you want to write this down, it says, He brought me there, and behold, there was a man whose appearance was like the appearance of bronze with a line of flax and a measuring rod in his hand. And he was standing in the gateway. He gave Ezekiel a guided tour of of the restored temple in Ezekiel chapters 40 through 48. One author says, The new temple that Ezekiel described symbolizes the new heavens and the new earth, or the new Jerusalem. God is going to dwell there. So it is, the, it is though the whole place is the holy of holies. Now you have read before that there's no temple there. So some people have studied Ezekiel and they say, well, I see a temple. But then it says in this place, there's no temple. But it says the Lord is its temple. And the whole place, if you will, becomes the holy of holies because it's like the Garden of Eden restored again. And God's presence is there because sin, the curse, And death, all the things that keep us from God and his glory are what? They're gone. So the beauty of what the planet was supposed to be is restored. The city, 16, is laid out as a square. Its length is as great as its width. He measured the city with the rod. Uh, Most translations have this as 12,000 stadia. If you have a a New American Standard, it's 1,500 miles. Its length and width and height are equal. It is a cube. Some uh, of you who have studied uh, eschatology have seen how they'll place the cube on the sphere of the planet Earth to show you the size of the cube. And it's interesting because in doing some research on the Holy of Holies, and you get a little bit different uh, things on the cubit measurement, but Either way, we know the Holy of Holies was a cube. Think about, if you've ever seen pictures of the tabernacle, you know it's more like a rectangular in shape. And the, the whole, you have the holy place. You enter in through one entrance, and you have the outer court, if you will. And then you move closer, and then you get to the holy place. And then you end up at the Holy of Holies, and the dimensions are all the same. The, the height, width, and, and so forth are all the same. They are equal. The Holy of Holies is a perfect cube, and the New Jerusalem is a perfect cube. And do you think there's a message there? I'd say so. And here's the message. The new heavens, the new earth, and the new Jerusalem are where God dwells. God's going to be there. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. 
You can now listen to Walk in Truth with Michael Lance wherever you go and whenever you want. That's because Walk in Truth can now be heard on your favorite podcast app. Apps like iPodcast, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Play, and much more. Simply open up your favorite podcast app and search Walk in Truth. Make sure you subscribe so you'll know when a new show is available. Thanks for listening and partnering with Walk in Truth. Visit the Walk in Truth store today and get the DVD series in Revelation by Michael Lance. The book of Revelation reveals the person and work of Jesus Christ. This book will give you a unique glimpse into heaven and the worship that happens there. It also reveals the future. We see the seven-sealed scroll, the four horsemen of the apocalypse, the mark of the beast, and learn about the new heaven and the new earth. Join Michael Lance in these DVD series of the dramatic, often sobering book. Visit the Walk in Truth store today to order your copy of the DVDs, all available to help you dive deeper into the book of Revelation. Visit walkintruth.com today. That's walkintruth.com. Make sure you subscribe to the Walk in Truth podcast, available on your favorite podcast app. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. Because sin, the curse, and death, all the things that keep us from God and His glory are what? They're gone. So the beauty of what the planet was supposed to be is restored. The city, 16, is laid out as a square. Its length is as great as its width. He measured the city with the rod. Uh, Most translations have this as 12,000 stadia. If you have a New American Standard, it's 1,500 miles. Its length and width and height are equal. It is a cube. Some uh, of you who have studied uh, eschatology have seen how they'll place the cube on the sphere of the planet Earth to show you the size of the cube. And it's interesting because in doing some research on the Holy of Holies, and you get a little bit different Uh, things on the cubit measurement, but either way, we know the Holy of Holies was a cube. Think about, if you've ever seen pictures of the tabernacle, you know it's more like a rectangular in shape, and you have the holy place, you enter in through one entrance, and you have the outer court, if you will, and then you move closer, and then you get to the holy place, and then you end up at the Holy of Holies, and the dimensions are all the same. The the height, width, and, and so forth are all the same. They are equal. The Holy of Holies is a perfect cube, and the New Jerusalem is a perfect cube. And do you think there's a message there? I'd say so. And here's the message. The new heavens, the new earth, and the new Jerusalem are where God dwells. God's going to be there. So the city is a perfect cube, plenty of room for all. Were to the city in these dimensions to be superimposed on the present-day United States, says uh, Henry Morris, it would extend from, the, from Canada to the Gulf of Mexico and from Colorado to the Atlantic Ocean. And he measured its wall. If you have the New American Standard, 72 yards, but I think every other modern translation has 144 cubits. And those of you who are good at your math tables know that when you were doing math, and maybe you just some speed math in elementary school, 12 times 12 is 144. Well, it's interesting to think about all of these 12s again. So we have, he measured the wall, and you have the 144 cubits. 
according to human measurements, which apparently angels have the same measuring tools as we do, which is also angelic measurements. So if you ever hear about an angel that's six foot two, apparently that's the same as our six foot two. That, you guys got that? That wasn't too deep a theology tonight, was it? Anyway, there's some different views on this. Some people think it's the thickness of the wall. Some people think it's the height of the wall. Yet another view says the 144 cubits is a multiple of 12, as also the 12,000 stadia. And perhaps this is a message of wholeness pointing back to God's people and the church and the bride because the city intersects with the bride and the bride is the city in some respect and 12 and if you take the 12s, you speak of wholeness and there you go. And the material of the wall was jasper and the city was pure gold like, have you ever seen something like this? Pure gold, but it was like clear glass. So jasper is something amazing, a precious stone of various colors uh, it has some purple, others blue, others green, others uh, the colors of brass. Uh, you might notice the, the city here, pure gold. And everything in the Holy of Holies was overlaid with what? With gold. That's uh, Exodus 25. The material of the massive city wall was made out of jasper. It's the same diamond-like stone mentioned in verse 11. It's pure gold like clear glass. This may, be, may not be like any material we've ever seen before. I think we're going to have our mind blown with the colors and the sparkle of this city. It's going to be like if you've ever taken your lady shopping for a diamond and you know how that jeweler is. He, he sets up the black velvet background and he shines every light known to man on that diamond. And it goes... And she's like, ah, and you're like, hold on a minute. Let me see how much money I got. You guys take credit, payment plans. The foundation stones of the city wall were adorned with every kind of precious stone. The first foundation was jasper, the second sapphire, the third chalcedony, the fourth emerald, the fifth sardonyx, the sixth Sardius, the seventh chrysolite, the eighth beryl, the ninth topaz, the tenth chrysoprase, the eleventh hyacinth, and the twelfth amethyst. These are incredible jewels and diamonds, and it's interesting to think about uh, that these precious stones were set in four rows of three on the breastplate of the high priest. And interestingly enough, it was only the high priest who could go into the Holy of Holies and that once a year and that not without blood. And the jewels that represent the 12 tribes being close to the heart of God, um, they show up again. Some of these names have changed. So some people say there's eight of the 12 in this list and, and maybe it's 12 of 12, but I would tend to think it's 12 of 12. You can do a little bit more study on that. Uh, you can, if you want to see the breast uh, piece of the high priest, read Exodus 28, 17 through 20 and Exodus 39, 10 through 13. Quickly, the foundation stone was jasper, which is previously noted best identified as a diamond. Sapphire is a brilliant blue stone. 
Chalcedony is an agate stone from Chalcedon region of what is now modern Turkey. It's sky blue in color with colored stripes. The fourth emerald is a bright green stone. The fifth sardonyx is a red and white stripe stone. The sixth sardius is a common quartz stone found in various shades of red. The seventh chrysolite is a transparent gold or yellow hued stone. The eighth is beryl, a stone found in various colors, including shades of green, yellow, blue. The ninth is topaz, a yellow green stone. The tenth was chrysoprase, a gold tinted green stone. The eleventh was hyacinth, a blue violet colored stone. In John's day, though, the modern equivalent is a red or reddish brown zircon. The twelfth was amethyst, which is a purple stone. Incredible colors in the walls of the city. And then when God's glory shines on the stones, guess what happens? Oh, it's a dazzling light show. It's like nothing you've ever seen before. Have you ever looked up at the stars on a clear night and went, wow. And that's just a lot of white. Can you imagine what this city is going to be like? When you just cruise around for a little bit, the brightly colored stones refract the shining brilliance of God's glory into the panoply of beautiful colors. It's a spectrum of dazzling colors flashing from the New Jerusalem throughout the created or renovated universe. If you get to, you know, do you know how uh, sometimes they'll show a, uh, a person who's in space and uh, they're looking back at planet Earth and you see the beautiful blue and, and so forth? Can you imagine if, uh, if it's possible in the New Jerusalem to travel, and Henry Morris suggested this, in the New Tr- Jerusalem with our new bodies and so forth, he thinks that we might have play- options to travel vertically. Can you imagine? Where do you want to go today? I don't know. Let's go vertical today. We've been going horizontal for the last couple of days. Let's go vertical. There's an ice cream shop up there that I really like. And you get a great view of the New Jerusalem from up there. All right, let's go. Imagine take a, a lick of one of the thousand and however many flavors there are of ice cream there because you don't gain any weight. So it's awesome. You just eat and eat and eat. <laughs> just look at the CD. <laughs> it's good. My idea of heaven right there. <laughs> Isaiah 54, 11 through 13 says, O afflicted ones, storm-tossed and not comforted. Behold, I will set your stones in antimony. Your foundations I will lay in sapphires. Moreover, I will make your battlements of of rubies, your gates of crystal, your entire wall of precious stones. And all your sons will be taught of the Lord, and the well-being of your sons will be great. You're listening to Walk in Truth with Pastor Michael Lance, and that was part five of his study in Revelation 21 called The New Heaven and New Earth. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael again shortly. But I want to remind you that we archive our programs on walkintruth.com, so you can listen anytime in addition to this fantastic radio station. We also podcast the program, so search Walk in Truth on your favorite podcast app. Now, here's Pastor Michael. Well, we had a question before us. Is it a good idea to talk with non-Christians about the book of Revelation, even if they do have questions? And I would say, of course, it's a good thing to talk to non-Christians about the whole Bible, And the book of Revelation is no exception. However, I would say if you have a friend that's inquiring, the book of Revelation may not be the best place to start. Where you want to start is with the gospel. 
And the simple gospel is laid out probably maybe in the easiest way to navigate it in the book of Romans. So if you've ever heard about the Romans road, the Romans road, Romans 3.10, 3.23, 6.23, and so forth, will help you share the gospel. So I would say, yes, you could share truth about the book of Revelation because it is a book revealing Christ. But I would start with your friend uh, with the gospel. Make sure they know and understand why Jesus came in the first place, and then you can get to why he's coming again. Hope that helps. Hey, if you need a copy of The Romans Road, reach out to us. We do have copies of that to help you share the gospel. Reach out to us. Let us know you need a copy of that, and we'll get it to you at walkintruth.com. Hey, by the way, we want to invite you to a couple's marriage conference. If you're engaged or you've been married for quite some time and you need a little tune-up or perhaps an overhaul, <laughs> we, all, we all need to work on our marriage. Hey, we have a marriage conference. It's called I Do and Together We Will. It's happening on October 11th and 12th. It's only $20 per couple. And you can register on the Living Truth Christian Fellowship app in your app store. Hey, if you haven't downloaded it yet, Now's the time. Go to your app store, look for the Living Truth app, the red logo with the pillars, download it, put it on your phone, and register for the Couples Marriage Conference, October 11th and 12th. We'd love to have you here. You can work on your marriage or get prepared to get married. It's a good thing. Register today. When you tune in tomorrow, we'll be listening to the conclusion of Pastor Michael's study in Revelation 21 called The New Heaven and New Earth. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. It's our goal to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.